0: Yeah, and they are a great tool to help you with that preseason scouting and, and, you know, to get that, get those target bucks and those target deer that you want to uh, take out of the population. And I'd also like to to mention, Alex, that, uh, you know, once you get this mortgage borg and, and you get the proper uh, farm set up, I mean, you got the proper habitat, you got food, you got water sources, you got all that stuff. And and I know we'll probably talk about this more later in the show, but then you also have to use selective harvesting, I mean, exactly. I mean, if, exactly. if, if and, and let me just preface that by saying, if you're wanting to produce a farm that produces big bucks, year after year exactly. after year, you've got to be selective. Now, if you don't care anything about that, then, you know, go do whatever you Camel, want to do. Boom, and that's fine. That's my, my fine. feet, bow in my
1: hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? Buckgrits.com. Buck Grits. Buck Grits. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the and dough, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com. You can get a sample, you can order it directly from the website, and we're coming to a retailer near you. If you want to help a deer hurt, use Buck Grits. I've been on a big boy for a while. I could load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Take it to a field. Across a creek of a big old hill. Yeah, right Foods, on down, deep in the
2: ground. Wise-Eye, Around- Hornady, Buck Grits, and Eagle Seed presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to the show, everybody. Alex Rutledge calling via phone from the front porch of my home. Redbone's in the studio. Wayne Locke is sick, and so is his wife, sick. He's in the emergency room with pneumonia. Mm. Uh, Redbone, you're just coming over. You was sick.
0: Yeah, just getting over the COVID, and, and I got to tell you, this stuff hangs on for a while.
2: It does. I bet you, you're kind of at a loss for energy too, right?
0: Yeah, no energy whatsoever. And uh, when when I do get a little burst of energy, and I do something. It just run out in a hurry. I mean, it's and uh, and breathing. Uh, sometimes you get the feeling like you're just not getting any air. So yeah, it's I mean, yeah. I, I, I tested yeah. negative last Thursday and, and all that. I mean I I don't currently have the COVID virus, it's just the after effects. And and it's tough, man. It is really tough. And I know lots of people out there know that. So
2: Yes. Well, prayers for Renee and Wayne and mm-hmm. hope they all get to doing better, which he again, he said he did not have COVID. They just got uh the flu and pneumonia. So mm-hmm. prayers for them. That being said, switching gears, what about those St. Louis Cardinals? They're 84 games now. Uh, they've got 84 wins. Pujols is at 6, what, 694?
0: Uh, 697.
2: 697. Okay, 697. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk Cardinals, talk the Chiefs. Chiefs are uh, going to be playing again here this coming weekend. And, well, actually. Uh, the Cardinals are on the rope.
0: Well, actually, the Chiefs play on Thursday night. We're actually recording this on Thursday okay. afternoon, and they play. Uh, they play the Chargers Thursday Tonight. night at Arrowhead. So, um, yeah, yeah, ought to be
2: a ought to be a dandy. It'll be a dandy. Let's talk high school by football. Uh, congratulations to all the teams that won this past Friday night, Thursday yep. night. West Plains had a huge win against uh, Hillcrest.
0: Uh, last Thursday, yeah, they also, they played, a, you know, we got all these high school teams now, Alex, that are having to play on Saturdays and Thursdays, and uh, we have a shortage of officials uh, throughout is the state. Yeah, that what it is? Yeah, it's not, it's, and it's not just right here local, it is across the state and around the country. Uh, there is a shortage of officials, and uh, teams are having to schedule on different nights. As a matter of fact, Thayer's got two games coming up on Saturday afternoons. Oh. Uh, one with Houston at Houston, and then one with Kabul at Thayer, because they could not find officials to officiate on Friday night.
2: So they're going to play two games on one
0: day. No, two two back to back Saturdays.
2: Oh, okay. I got you. I yeah. got you. Okay, now I understand. Well, congratulations to all again to all the teams that won and the teams that lost. You know, uh, the Liberty Eagles. You know, I'm going to talk about them. They're three and zero right now, but they, you know. They're a pretty good team, Redbone. They face Ava this Friday night at Ava.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think they it's going to be a, a slobber knocker, as you would say.
0: <laughs> I think it will be, too. I think it'll be a really good football game. And, and, yeah, Liberty's loaded. You know, Anybody out there that's got Liberty on the schedule, SCA schools, uh, look out. They're loaded. I mean, good receivers, good quarterback tandem. And uh, they can run it. They can throw it. And uh, they, play, they play mighty good defense. Uh, yeah, they should have an yeah. outstanding year.
2: Yes, I've got four great nephews playing. I got to plug them: uh, Reese Rutledge, number seventy-eight; uh, Jaron Rutledge, number fifty-three; Brody Rutledge, number fifty-five; and Carter Pruitt, the quarterback, number five. He threw three deep passes this past Friday night against Thayer, Man, mm-hmm. they look like college plays, Red Bone. I mean, that boy put him right in the numbers. Yeah, he did. Yeah,
0: he looked good. And uh, Liberty didn't put up yeah. big numbers. I mean, they scored sixty-four points, uh, but Thayer kept giving them the ball at the thirty-five yard line. So You're
2: right. You're
0: right. <laughs> they yeah. played on a short well, field Thayer's on my line.
2: Thayer will be back. And uh oh, yeah. I just hope that we can beat Ava.
0: Uh, well, that's gonna be a tough one. And you know, we're we're on the air in Ava on Friday morning. So uh oh, folks yeah. folks or actually Friday afternoon, so folks who are listening over at uh, KKOZ <laughs> Man, that'll be a dandy. Everybody needs to get out on the hill and watch that one.
2: Yeah. Can't wait to see my old buddy Cody Huff at Fish's Major League Fishing. Uh, He'll be there at the game. He's a big Ava uh, Bears fan, and him and I are always texting each other. And uh, he said, I'll be at that game. He said, you guys better be ready. I said, well, I think we're ready. We'll see what happens. But uh, that being said, switching gears, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, are playing really good football, the Cardinals are playing good baseball. Uh I I'm happy, Red Bone. When they lose, I'm I'm not very happy.
0: <laughs> well nobody ever won them all, so you know, you just gotta kinda roll with the punches, as they say. And uh yeah, those exactly. Cardinals yeah they're pretty good for a five hundred team.
2: Yeah, you gotta have to rub <laughs> that into me again. They was a five hundred team back then, but not now, man. They really got it going on. And you gotta take your hat off. You ready? Take your hat out and compliment Pujols and Molina and Helsey, uh, Hicks, uh, Donovan. Man, they're they're loaded as well. The Cardinals is, is a hitting team, and, man, their defense is phenomenal as well. So uh, you can understand why they're winning.
0: Yeah. Well, just, just hope it keeps up when the playoffs come around. And, of course, playoffs will be starting here, oh, just about the three, well, two and a half, three weeks, so. Yeah. Alex, I want to mention before we exactly. go to a break here, there are a number of events coming up around our region. And uh, this weekend, as this show airs, we got the Hootin and Hollerin Festival going on over at Gainesville all day Saturday. And you can get more information on that at hootinandhollerin.com. Also, we got the uh, Pioneer Days at Maynard, Arkansas. Now, Pioneer Days is in their 42nd year. And the Hooting and Hollering at Gainesville is their 61st year of having those two festivals. And they're going on this weekend. And then coming up here in a couple of weeks, we got a busy day on October 1st, because that is the date of the Black Gold Walnut Festival in Alton, which is a huge event. It is. And then on yeah. October the 8th, got, you got yes. the River Fest at Van Buren featuring Tyler Farr in concert. And we've got the Fall Festival in Thayer and the Farm Trade Show over at the Thayer High School. So, man, these festivals are just stacking on top of each other.
2: They are. And you've got Pioneer Days coming up in Mountain View, Missouri as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's on the uh, 24th, right?
2: Correct. Correct. Wow. Hey, I want, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, everybody that's wanting to attend the Tyler Farr concert. You better get your tickets online. They're $5 cheaper by ordering them now. And anybody that wants to become a sponsor of the Tyler Farr bit, get a hold of me. You can have a 4x12 banner up next to the stage. Uh, We've got a great show lined up for everybody. It's called Early Season Whitetails. We're going to talk about tactics, uh, calling techniques, stand placement. This is going to be a great show. We're going to go to a break. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors
1: right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Wadding with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while, like could loading him in the back of my truck. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day?
0: I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move.
1: Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology. This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera. On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com.
0: And how do I find out more information about these guys?
1: You go to WiseEyesmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. eye. creek up a big old hill. after gear. the Ammunition
2: Presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, calling via phone from the front porch of my beautiful home location here in southern Missouri in the Ozarks. And the topic of this show this week is early season whitetails. Uh, You know, when you think of early season whitetails here in the Ozarks, you think about gigging. You think about fishing on the lakes. You you think about hunting big whitetails. Uh, It's just that time of the year here in the Midwest, and uh, we have a lot of whitetail hunters here in the state of Missouri. And we have a lot of whitetail hunters all across the country. And Redbone, I know uh, you don't bow hunt early. You love the rifle hunt. Mm-hmm. But we've got a lot of listeners that bow hunt here to our show.
0: Oh, yeah. And the season just opened a couple of days ago. And again, as we open this on Thursday, it's the opening day of bow season, the 15th. So, uh, yeah, guys, now's the time. And, uh, you know, I bet you already we're just. You know, two days into the bow season, I bet there's some nice bucks that have bit the dust already.
2: You know, I haven't seen any pictures yet. I do got to say to everybody, I had a phone call from one of my friends here in Birch Tree that sent me some pictures a couple of days ago of a a big five-and-a-half-year-old plus eight-pointer that was scoring the mid-130s to 140 that they uh, said coyotes ran the deer, this buck, into a pond and the coyote ended up killing him. So oh. uh, the agent came out and looked at the deer, and, and they uh, concluded that they think the deer had EHD, blue, blue tongue. Really? And found him dead by uh, the coyote that killed him running into the pond. So that being said, uh, that was bad news, and we're seeing some of that. But let, let's get to talking about early season whitetails. And and the first thing I want to tell everybody that's listening to this show all across the world, everywhere, you cannot shoot a big buck if you don't have him on your dirt, on your property that you're hunting. And you agree, Red Bull?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it it is basically an impossibility uh, if he's not around. And uh, there's only one way to get him there, Alex, and that is to prepare preseason.
2: Exactly. And what we do here... Uh, on the Rutley's farm and, and, and Wayne Locke and uh, a lot of my buddies, we all hunt the same way and use the st- same strategies across the country, wherever we may hunt. Is uh, Number one is we, we, we try to create a food source and the right habitat to hold these animals on your property, and we also feed them buck grits throughout the summer months to help them hold on the property when the food source is low. And uh, we try to have plenty of water sources for the turkeys, for the deer, and our emphasis, our focus is white-tailed deer, uh, to create the right habitat to hold them on your property. So we plant eagle seed uh, food plots throughout the year, in the springtime and in the fall, and when you have the right habitat, you can hold the deer. And the secret, once you get the deer there, is to, to create a sanctuary. So these deer feel comfortable being there. Mm-hmm. So. There's two ways to approach white tail hunting early season or throughout the year is one is no pressure at all with vehicles, et cetera, and that's why we use the wise eye trail cameras and the hunt control system to monitor the deer on our properties. We we have very minimal, minimal uh, pressure on our farms, yeah. and my farms. So I never have to walk in there to go to my cameras to pull the cards. So yeah, and, and- I can view all the deers coming and going from my properties and I'm running six of the wise eye cameras and these wise eye cameras collect the data, take the pictures of the deer, and file them into a file under deer. And it creates a graph telling you the amount of visits of deer that's been in front of that camera throughout the twenty four hour period, Redbone.
0: Yeah, and they are a great tool to help you with that preseason scouting, and, and you know to get that, get those target bucks and those target deer that you want to uh, take out of the population. And I'd also like to to mention Alex that, uh, you know, once you get this mortgage borg and, and you get the proper uh, farm set up, I mean, you got the proper habitat, you got food, you got water sources, you got all that stuff, and and I know we'll probably talk about this more later in the show, but then you also have to use selective harvesting. I mean, exactly. I mean, if, exactly. if, if and, and let me just preface that by saying, if you're wanting to produce a farm that produces big bucks, year after year exactly. after year, you've got to be selective. Now, if you don't care anything about that, then, you know, go do whatever you want to do. And, and that's fine. That's everybody's prerogative. But, and I think we're talking about here, if someone wants to produce big, mature bucks to harvest year in and year out, then you've got to be selective <laughs> with what you're shooting and what you're taking off your farm.
2: Exactly. Well said, Redbone. And, and I want to add lib to that. There's nothing wrong with anybody shooting what they want to shoot. That's that's your prerogative. That's Man. your right. But there's also nothing wrong with somebody wanting to shoot nothing but big, mature bucks. So we got to meet a common ground, and we got to both agree to that. And the tactics that I'm sharing with you can be used the same uh, with the, the everyday hunter that's a meat hunter. So oh, sure. uh, the secret is, you know, uh, and, and I'm going to ask this question. Uh, to all of our listeners, how many of you watch hunting shows or watch, follow social media, you see the same guys killing big deer year after year? <laughs> you're thinking, well, those guys are either cheating, or, oh, man, they've got an awesome place, uh, they've got a zoo, et cetera. Well, you have the same right to create that sanctuary or if you want to call it a zoo on your property too by doing the things that we're going to share with you throughout this show. It's all depends upon you, deciding what you want to have to create your great hunting properties, and that's what we're trying to do throughout this show here, Redbone, is help people become more proficient, more successful in harvesting what they want to harvest.
0: Well, exactly, and again, I think uh, you know harvesting what they want to harvest is is the key statement there. So, uh, but uh, you know, Alex, everybody says, "Oh, I just hunt for the meat." But uh, I always pose this question, and we'll have conversations about this, and you've heard me do this uh, at different places. So, if mm-hmm. two bucks walk out, one of them's a, about a three and a half year old, six point with a scrawny little basket rack on his head, and the other one's a four and a half year old, 10 point with about a 19 inch spread and about foot long tines, which one are you going <laughs> to shoot? <laughs>
2: that, hey, that's a great question. What a great question. And again, that goes back to the person's discretion. You got to ask yourself, well, am I a trophy hunter? Am I a meat hunter? Am I caring about the future of my property and what could be on my property in the upcoming years? So, uh, t- to answer that question for you before we go to a break, we got about a minute left, I think. Uh, I would have to say, I would shoot the coal buck. I shoot a lot of cool bucks here on my property every year. Mm-hmm. I say a lot, one one or two. I try not to shoot the big breeder bucks that's going to leave the great genetics behind. So that's what I choose to do. I'm looking at the future down the road, what I'm doing to help my property and also my neighbors. Sure. Uh, when you go to shoot the big typical bucks that's your breeder bucks, uh, you're actually hurting yourself, in my opinion. Okay. So All right, I we- answered that. We're going to go to a break. We come back, we're going to have more about early season whitetails after this. Hey, y'all,
1: it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Hey, guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to be putting some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of
0: clover. You're going to put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord?
1: Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord. has everything. Your deer will love it. eagleseed.com. My old pair of foods, passed on down, planted deep in the ground, around your heart, so you never got a word. Eagle
2: Seed presents, welcome back to American Reach Outdoors We're covering some great topics here uh, with our our topic, early season whitetails. In the first segment, if you missed it, we touched on uh, what type of property you want to have. What is your your program? What do you want to focus on? Are you a meat hunter? Are you a trophy hunter? And we touched on some things that what we're doing here, planting food plots, creating sanctuaries and feeding the deer, running wise-eye cameras to monitor them, keeping the pressure down on your property is a key element in creating a great piece of property to keep big mature bucks on your property Redbone,
0: yeah, yeah it is alex and i'd like to touch on a subject here while we're talking about early season and this is early season that we're talking about here uh if you're hunting on a over a food plot uh do you think it's detrimental you talk about no pressure to hunt over that food plot in the early season, or should you back off of that food plot and hunt the travel lanes that the deer are traveling to and from the food plot? I'd be interested to get your answer there. I know my thought would be I would not want to kill early season deer in the food plot. I would want to back off and kill those deer coming or going to the food plot.
2: Again, that, that's a great question, but it's also a, 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 a question that you got to ask yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, am I looking at the future? Uh, how many deer can I affect by putting a lot of pressure on these food plots to keep the deer from coming to it and, and be educating these deer?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the more pressure you put on your food plots, uh, the, the more it lessens your chances, in my opinion, of – killing the big deer you're trying to target, if that's what you want. Now, if you're a meat hunter and you go in and you shoot a deer and you get out, that's fine. But the more times you spend in a stand, the more you're educating the deer you're going to hunt over a food plot. Now, my strategy for early season, which I'm not hunting the deer on my properties early season, because I hate seed ticks, number one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I hate chiggers, number two. And I just don't want to deal with, with you know, uh, pressure in these deer. Yeah. I think keeping the pressure off the farm's early season is a secret to why my properties are really good. Because more of a sanctuary and everybody else that hunts around my properties may be putting pressure on them. It makes the deer want to come in here and stay. So think about that. So that being said, if I did decide to hunt a food plot, I would hunt my food plots in the evenings because most of the deer seem to be hitting the food plots, according to my wise eye hunt control, in the evenings more than they are any other time. And the evenings also gets cooler if you think about it, Redbone. So that's well, yeah, it does for our listeners.
0: Yeah, and, and my thought being, Alex, and and we can disagree or whatever, is, is I would rather hunt those trails coming to and from than to get right on the food plot. Because... That way, the other deer, and then they hear a shot off in the distance, but they hear those. Or if you're bow hunting, they'll never even know that the, the harvest you. happened. Yeah, they wind you. Yeah, and yeah. you know that that will save that food plot for later in the season when maybe you're running out of time, or or you know things get a little colder, and and there are more deer coming to that food plot. And anyway, it just feels to me like that if you hunt early season on your food plot, you're going to scare a lot of deer away from that food plot. So hunt away from the food plot instead of on it.
2: Yeah, especially if you're not being scent-free. And we emphasize mm-hmm. being scent-free, washing your clothes, your hair, your body, and keeping your clothes in a bag, you know, and being scent-free. And, you know, every trip, take a shower and scent elimination products. And uh, we we uh, use whatever we want. You know, we don't have a sponsor right now mm-hmm. that's telling us to promote it, but I still believe in hunter specialties Green soap and using their scent away. and I also use a uh, uh, Big Buck Runner scent elimination spray that Chancy Walters endorses and he created. Mm-hmm. That's a great product, and and you know there's lots of great brands out there, but that's just what we choose to use. But being scent free and and easing into your locations without being detected is another great tip for our listeners. And uh, you know, the word assume, you know what that means. You've heard it a million times don't assume uh, collect your data from your wise eye cameras your trail cameras uh, or classing taking notes and talking to people when they're seeing deer at locations etc and, and put it all together don't assume when you go to assuming you could actually be doing more harm than good but that that's another great tip for all of our listeners to be successful during early season
0: yeah I would agree and, and you know folks out there don't have the resources to have the trail cameras and and all those kind of things, you know, there's always the good old binoculars or just go sit, yeah. you know, sitting on a hill and just, and watching those deer. Uh, you know, I hunt some around my place and uh, we sit out on the front deck and, and watch what the deer are doing and which way they're traveling and which way they're going different times of the day. So, I mean, there, there's always a way to get a little bit of work in prior to the hunt, even if you don't have the resources for, you know, lots of trail cameras exactly. and that kind of stuff. There's always a way.
2: Exactly. You know, uh, it's it's amazing where hunting has, has transpired and where it's went from when I was a kid to where it's at now, and I'm 58 years old. And with the aid of new technology, it, it seems to make simplify uh, a prediction of, of harvesting uh, deer, especially big bucks, if you're using wise eye hunt control. It, it's mind-blowing. There's no more guesswork. It's Evidence is proof in the pudding, so to say. So, I encourage our listeners uh, if you can afford it, buy you some Wise Eye cameras and use the Hunt Control app, and it will help you be more successful. And there's no guesswork, no assuming it will help you close the deal on the bucks that you target or deer you target.
0: All right, so Alex, about time for us to go to a break. And I know we got one more segment left here on the radio show. And what I'd like to do, and, and for you to think about while we're on the break here, uh, Can we use calling techniques on deer in the early portion of the season? Uh, We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and Friends. We'll be right back.
1: This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and Friends. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Redbone, Wayne, have you heard about the 12-volt power packs?
0: I've heard a little bit. Tell me more.
1: Yeah, what it is, it's it's a battery that you can hook to your cell cameras, uh, even charge your cell phones. This company's become really innovative, Wayne. Yeah, I've got a couple of them myself, and they're so easy to use. My six-year-old helped me set them up in the woods on my wise eyes. If you want to improve your battery life in your cell cameras, check out the 12-volt power packs. I'll have to do that. Do they have a, a website? Yes, it's JKRoutdoors.com.
2: Buck Grits presents. Welcome back to the show, segment four of the show. And again, we've covered great subject matter throughout the show, and we feel that we're sharing great information with our listeners to become more successful. Uh, we're not here to tell you you must have a, a Wise-Eye camera or the Hunt Control or Feed Buck Grits or Hornady or Eagle Seed food plots. We're just sharing with you what we do to help create our success because it does create success. You can go out and hunt deer without these things and still be successful but you may not be as successful as some. Mm-hmm. So technology does help Redbone, and you must agree.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Technology, I mean, it's just like, you know, we, you know, a few weeks ago we were talking technology with the fishermen, and, you know, it's made the fishing game a whole lot better, and and technology has helped the, the hunting game become a whole lot better for the hunters. And And I think, you know, Alex, I think a long time ago, I know when I first started deer hunting back in the mid-1980s, when I actually moved to Thayer and and got with my uncle, and he said, why don't you learn to deer hunt? And of course, growing up in the city, I didn't when I was a kid. So he took me and started mm-hmm. teaching me things. And uh, uh, we would have had everything that we have today, way back then. It would have been a whole lot easier to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Although, <laughs> right. I, I think that when you take those years of knowledge of not having all that stuff, and you combine that with the knowledge that you can now get with all the electronics, that it makes you a much better hunter.
2: Well, it does. It, it just makes it easier, really, Red bone, And, that, you know, that's the focus of most people. They want things easier, you know, and it makes it more predictable. And it makes you want to get up in the morning thinking, well, man, my wise eye, my hunt control is, is really showing me that I'm going to shoot this deer or that I'm, I've targeted at 3 o'clock today. You know, it makes you excited or make eight o'clock this morning. He's going to be, it makes you want to get out of bed and go hunt, yeah. you know, uh, you know, as a kid growing up, I remember using uh, trip strings on these stopwatches that you could buy. I, I can't remember the company that made it. It was a little plastic case. It had like a digital watch inside of it. And when you pulled the string, uh, the deer would trip the string. It would t- stop it at the time the deer came through there or they Animal came through it. That's how we used to predict the movement. Now it's amazing what where they went. But I want to talk about before we go into calling techniques is how crucial ground blind placement and tree stand placement is also. And I want to stress safety in all aspects to our listeners. Uh, You always want to leave a note where you're hunting, what time you'll be back, and if you got a map, you got. Onyx Hunt app, you can actually take a picture with the uh, longitude, latitude, exact location you're at mm-hmm. and leave it at camp, leave it with your wife, your daughter, whoever, let them know when you plan on being back, etc. And it also helps to carry a cell phone with you, <coughs> excuse me, if there is an emergency of some sort. Always wear your safety harness, always identify your targets uh, that before you... you choose to shoot the animal you're going to hunt. So, I just want to touch on that. but stand placement, ground placement, like you asked the question earlier, Alex, would you rather hunt uh, trails or hunt right over the food plots? You know, the way my farms are set up, I never step foot in my timbers red bone until I shoot a deer. Okay. I let the deer live in their natural state and keep the pressure out of the timber, but I have shooting houses and ground blinds at these locations, and I use the wind in my face when I walk into those blinds or those shooting houses, and I go in to try to be undetected. Mm -hmm. So that's another secret that you can use. And when hanging tree stands, depending on what type of year, and we're talking early season, you should have had your stands already hung uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, it can settle in and and uh, the deer get used to it's, to a scent, but also uh, use it accordingly to the wind directions. Mm-hmm. Again, being set free is a key to being successful, but I honestly believe there's nothing out there that can remove 100% of human scent. Would you agree,
0: Redbone? Uh, I would agree uh, wholeheartedly, and the reason— well, I can go on that story another time. And as far as the wind, yeah. I mean, the wind is, I mean, that is everything. And that was the first lesson I learned because my uncle told me if your eyes aren't watering, you're looking the wrong way. And it's the same way when you're walking exactly. in. If, if there's wind and your eyes aren't watering when you're walking in, you're walking the wrong direction. Got to keep that wind in your exactly. face always.
2: Exactly. I want to encourage our listeners to to get topo maps of the properties that you're going to hunt and uh, put it in your hunting cabin if you've got a hunting cabin or, or keep a notebook in your vehicle, whatever. And you can look at the narrow pinch points of a piece of property uh, where timbers meet each other and they funnel into each other. And These are natural travel routes for deer that feel safe traveling, especially buck's and older does love to travel these pinch points. Those are great locations to hang your stand or set up your ground blinds. But keep in mind when you hang those stands or ground blinds that you want to access that location, again, for the third or fourth time in this this segment of the show or the show, is you want to access these locations without being detected. You don't want to walk across the wide open middle of a field uh, for 400 yards, going to a blind where every deer may be bedded on the fringes of the timber next to the food plots, you're going to be running them out. You know, you're educating them, so keep that in mind. So, stand placement, ground placement is crucial. That's a few things I wanted to touch on right there to share with our listeners. But to answer your your question about calling techniques, deer communicate year round. Red bone
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, body language, vocalization. And I'm going to be doing these sounds with my voice. Uh, does of all ages will bleat. They will grunt just like a buck. But usually the doe grunts, depending on what she's expressing, are usually lighter in sound. It sounds similar to this. If I can do it. <clears throat> it almost sounds like between a bleat and a grunt, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Then the buck, he grunts deeper. And the different types of grunts, and I've emphasized this and shared this with our listeners many times, is just like a human saying, hello, how are you? You know, and, and the more vocalization, intensity, volume, and rhythm, and aggression you show is the same way deer talk. Deer are really not that aggressive right now. Unless it's a mama doe running another doe off uh, from a food plot area or another buck that shed his velvet and his horns are hard now. Mm-hmm. And what causes velvet shed, and I, I, most of you may know this, but some of you may not, is the amount of daylight taken in through the pupil of a white tailed deer. So what happens is. The days are getting shorter, the days are getting cooler, and it stimulates the testosterone. The testosterone levels are getting higher. Therefore, the deer become a different animal. All these bucks have run together throughout the summer, groups of bucks. Now that this velvet shed is starting, and the testosterone levels getting higher, they're no longer buddies. They start separating. Yep. So the bucks will do contact grunts like this, and the does will do a contact grunt, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fawns will bleat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know when they're hungry for mama, etc. Calling techniques that you can use right now is the contact type calls, the bleats, and the soft grunts, and that's what we encourage you to use right now. And believe it or not, some of these bucks are sparring right now that shed their velvet. You can take a set of rattling horns or rattling bag. You do not want to be aggressive, just barely tickle them like they're clicking. Mm-hmm. You know, real light sounds. And that creates curiosity in these locations, whether it be in a food plot area, a white oak, in flat where these bucks may be feeding. Uh, A bean field, a corn field, whatever, most of the corn fields out in the Midwest have not been harvested yet up north, uh, but these are techniques that really work good. The best thing to do, early season whitetails, know where they're coming from, where they're going to, and try to close the deal like that. So if you see a buck early season coming to a food plot, you're hunting the edge of a food plot, if he's not coming to you, hit him with a contact call, a can call a grunt you know get their attention it creates curiosity and that could help you close the deal on your next deer or the buck of your choice during an early season hunt
0: all right alex we uh, need to wrap it up here so some great information today and, and folks to so remember uh, if you maybe just caught part of the show and you're wondering well wonder what else they might have talked about you can always go to the uh your favorite podcast carrier, and you can listen to the entire radio show, and it's broken down into segments, just like the radio show is here on the air. So that, uh, and all your favorite podcast carriers have got it. Just do a search for American Roots Outdoors, and we're going to be offering up a bonus segment real quick. What are we going to talk about in the bonus?
2: I'm going to share some early season successful hunts where we we'll use different strategies to close the deal. It's going to be about a seven to eight minute segment. You don't want to miss this. Listen to it on your favorite podcast carrier because I'm going to share some successful stories that's going to help you close the deal. And remember, October the 8th, if you're listening in the Missouri area, northern Arkansas, Tyler Farr is in concert at Van Bure, Missouri, at the riverfront. Again, thank you for listening. Share the outdoors with a child. Share it with a neighbor. It's God's creation. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong,
0: there's no reason to fear the wind.
1: So you never got to worry
0: what the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate, deadly, dependable. Hornady ammunition. From a two man operation in 1949 to a world leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady. Each piece is hand inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly. Simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com.
2: Wise-Eye. Hornady Ammunition. Eagle Seed and Buck Grits presents the bonus segment for American Roots Outdoors. If you're listening to this, you're listening to your favorite podcast carrier, I hope, and the topic of this show and the bonus segment is early season whitetails, and I'm going to share a story with you uh, where optics played the important role an early season white tail hunt in southern Alabama one time. I'll never forget it, Redbone. Okay. I was invited to go down and hunt with Eddie Salter and around Evergreen, Bruton, Alabama. Okay. Well, we go to camp. It's early season, it's uh, early October, and we're, we're hunting uh, woodlots, we're hunting acorn trees, and there's some growed-up fields there was no food plots. And I'll never forget Eddie saying, now, Alex, I'm going to teach you, and my brother Jack also taught me this, how to find the acorn trees that deer are going to favor. And I said, all right. And my brother Jack and him both shared the same thing. He says, when you look at a block of timber from a distance, you want to look for the largest crowning trees in that timber from a distance. Okay. He said, you can tell, by look at them, use binoculars to glass those trees and see if they're oaks. They got water oaks and big oak trees in Alabama. He said, Go to those trees and look underneath those trees for acorns and look for droppings. You'll see where these deer have been busting holes and been eaten.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's how we used optics to find these trees that was dropping acorns. We walked in and found all the sign, and, and lo and behold, there's trees with hooks and rubs underneath these trees where these deer are feeding and that's how we found them eating acres and what we do we look at the main entrance routes and exit routes to these trees that they're favoring and what we would do in that down there is we'd hang our stands uh, where these deer was transitioning from fields to the hardwoods And the field was all growed up. So that told me that these deer are betting in these growed up fields. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I want you to think about something. If you're hunting up growed up fields, and let's say you're hunting from the ground, and this is how our hunt becomes successful that I did, is that I was slipping. uh, I was scouting and hunting at the same time, stalking. And I looked, and I thought i seen a deer at the edge of this field. Okay, and I looked. Oh, maybe it was. Well, I had my binoculars. And I pulled my binoculars up, and I could look right through that grass, and it was a deer. And this was a doe, even though it wasn't a buck. It was a doe, and I was able to identify that was really a deer that I saw. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you don't have binoculars, what you're missing by hunting tall, thicket areas, et cetera? think what you're missing and what you're doing. Also, if you shoot a button buck and you're trying to grow bucks on your property, optics are crucial for every type of hunt. So the moral of the story here is hunting transition areas from growed-up fields bedding to woodlots helped us find the acorn trees, but also helped me put the stalk on this doe that I shot. Mm -hmm. So if I'd never had binoculars, I'd never been able to stalk they slip in within bow distance to close the deal on this deer. So use binoculars, use common sense, use the wind, and when stalking whitetails, binoculars can help you close the deal.
0: Yeah, and especially, and I know what you mean about hunting over fields that are grown up or pretty high. Uh, yeah, you almost have to have binoculars. I mean, if not, they are going to slip through there, and you are just not going to see them.
2: Exactly. So, you know, we don't have an optics sponsor. However, I do love uh, Ride-On Optics, Mm -hmm. and uh, Ride-On Optics are great optics, and I uh, love those. It's a military-owned company uh, that's owned by veterans of military and police officers, and it's made here in America. Check out (laughs) RideOnOptics.com. Even though they're not a sponsor this year, but they talked about becoming one, that's what I use, and that's what I recommend for you guys to use. Uh, we're supporting an American-owned and made product right here in America, Red Bones.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and you know, I, I want to tell just a real quick story before we get out of here, because I think a lot of yeah. people in the in the early season, in the fall of the year, especially in October, uh, people tend to, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's, and we get a lot of rain this time of year here in the Ozarks. We do. And I think a lot of people tend to not want to hunt in the rain. And I want to tell you a story. Because I asked, yep. again, the uncle that I've mentioned for years uh, that taught me everything about hunting. I said, do you hunt in the rain? He said, absolutely. The deer, they don't care if it's raining. Uh, they don't get wet. He uh, <clears throat> kind of know my uncle know that he, he sarcastically said things like that. He said, yeah, deer don't get wet. And, and actually, their skin doesn't get wet. Their hair is hollow, and, and they secrete an oil mm-hmm. that runs the, the rain off of them. But anyway, yep. I was hunting on a, yep. on a place, and it was just a light, drizzling rain. And I was hunting at the uh, at the bottom of a where the power line ran through. It ran up the hill, and I, I found a big cedar tree. And I just kind of packed in underneath that cedar tree, and thought that'll help protect me a little bit from the from the rain. And again, it was just a light light rain drizzle. Well, it wasn't too long, and because of the rain, I was always wiping wiping my face, and I was I was moving is what I was doing. I was moving too much, and all of a sudden, I hear a. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And a deer had seen me moving just probably not 30 feet away, just across the way, just across the power line. And uh, I thought, okay, what do I do now? I've been busted here. Well, a lot of people that I know would just get up and move. They think, okay, I've been busted. I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, I remembered my uncle said, you know what? If that ever happens, just stay where you are. And yeah. I actually stayed right where I was. And I convinced myself, I said, bone, you got to be still. You're getting wet, don't worry about it. Just be yep. still. And it wasn't but about 10 minutes, and I look up this power line up about 150 yards up the hill, and this big buck walks out right on top of the hill. And and I managed to harvest this deer with my 30-30 from 150 yards away in the rain, and it was all because, number one, I went out in the rain to hunt, and number two, I stayed put because my inclination would have been to go up that hill and if i would have went up that hill chances are that deer would have seen me and run the other direction exactly. or he would have winded me when we got up there now there wasn't much wind the rain was coming straight down but your your scent uh, even in the rain it spreads like a cloud and it, it, just, it just spreads it out and eventually even when there's no wind it's going to get there so and this was Ellie, this was a hunt that I did 35 38 years ago and uh, mm-hmm. it ended up being a 13 point I mean it was way back in the time when we didn't get you know 160 inch deer around this part but he's a mm-hmm. but he is but he's a nice 135 I think 136 and a half actually is what Tommy Garner scored in for good me one buck. time uh, but good buck. The, the, the point of the story being hunt in the rain it's okay deer still gonna move in the rain and even if you get winded, or get seen by a deer, and I really think this deer saw me, stay put. Because chances are he's not going to go too far and he's going to come back out.
2: Great story, man. The listeners have got some great tips this week Mm -hmm. on this show. Early season whitetails listen to us next week. We're going to talk more about whitetail hunting and other events in the Midwest here. Thank you for being a faithful listener. And remember, again, share the outdoors with a child, your neighbor. Somebody's never experienced God's creation. And remember, when your roots
0: run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.